Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. At each visit to the pediatrician, your baby is weighed, his height taken, and his head measured. You're given a percentile in which he falls based on his size, but what does that percentile really mean? How do you know if your baby is thriving, or if your baby's size is telling you that more is going on that needs to be addressed? I'm Dr. James Murphy, a pediatrician and internationally board-certified lactation consultant, and you're listening to Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. He doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's Newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of In-Due Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us all about the ways you can participate in our show. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Newbie. So the other day, we got our first question submitted from a listener for our experts. So, I heard that. Yeah, very cool. And so I was real excited about that. And so you guys are participating in that segment, which I love. So that's our Ask the Expert segment. And if you guys have questions, you know, we all do as we have new babies and different things happen with our babies, um, go ahead and, and email those to us. You can do that through our website. And uh, just tell us a little bit about your question, and we'll pair that up with one of our experts, and then we'll have that expert answer that question on a future episode and we'll put it up there so everyone can benefit from that. Um, we always want to know what your funny parenting oops are. So if you guys had something funny that happened, maybe, you know, it was a poop explosion or, you know, something, maybe your your baby made this funny face or I don't know, something happened that you want to share it with um, our listeners. We would love to hear that. Again, go to our website and you can email it to us. For all of our segments, you can actually go to the website and the newbies section of the website. So you go to shows, go down to newbies, click on that. And and uh, you can see a complete list of the different segments you can participate in. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't want to just email something in, you can actually tell your story, too. That's what our voicemail is for. So if you call 619-866-4775, you can go ahead and leave your question, use your own voice, and we'll put that on the show as well. All right. So let's go ahead and meet our panelists. Hi, I'm Brittany Chu Ferry. I'm 26. I'm a stay-at-home mom and training to be a birth doula. I have one baby girl, and she is seven months old. All right, Christine. Hi, I'm Christine Zell. Um, I'm a mother to two children. I have two boys, three and seven. I'm also a childbirth educator, a birth doula, and a lactation educator. Great. Welcome to the show. <coughs> Sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. 
It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. Okay, so before we kick off today's show, since we're talking about infant growth charts, I found an app that I thought was pretty relevant to our conversation today. You're so resourceful. I am, right? It's called Growth, which kind of sounds a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> but then <laughs> Growth, and then uh, it says Charts for Baby and Child Tracking. So um, here's what you can do. First of all, it's a free app. It's available on iOS. You can upgrade uh, and spend $2.99 and get rid of all the in-app purchases if you're worried about your child, you know, going through and charging a bunch of stuff up, or if you just get annoyed with ads, um, you may want to take advantage of that. So here's the deal. So first of all, it asks you some basic information about uh, your child and, you know, how old they are, their birth date, that kind of stuff. And then um, it provides you with different charts than you could look at. So the World Health Organization has their own infant growth chart. So does the Center for Disease Control. And uh, you can basically select which one you want to look at. You can import your child's information if you want to. Uh, you can compare it to other charts out there and basically just get an idea for where your child sits, um, you know, as far as their, you know, growing is concerned, their growth is concerned. Um, and I know when I go to the pediatrician office, I always like to look at the charts. Like, I, I know you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. I know we're going to talk about that today, but I always like to kind of see, you know, parents like to compare. <laughs> see for better or like, for worse. Right. Um, and so, and then I also just think it's interesting to compare against um, my other kids, which I also know is a no-no, but I still do it. Um, if you upgrade the app, if you pay that $2.99, you get some other features where you can enter multiple children um, and you like you can do exactly what I just said. You can plot them together, compare their different growth. Um, I actually that's, think that would be really interesting to compare my twins because they're more apples to apples. You can also enter information for body mass index, um, which that's not available on the free version. Yeah, there's some other cool things too. You can import stuff and export and all that good stuff. So anyways, wanted to... Toss it to you guys here in the studio and on the phone and see, you know, is this something you think you would use? What do you think, Kristen? Um, I probably would do it just for the sake of remembering all this information, just because I am terrible at keeping track of all these papers that I get at the That's pediatrician's true. office. Yeah. Um, just for the convenience sake of being able to look back and say, oh, oh yeah, that's right. That's where they were. <laughs> so instead of a baby book, you're going to be like, here, kid, look at this app. This, yeah. <laughs> this is where you were. This is where you were. Oh, you were so cute. You're just a little on a graph. And now look at you. Right? Um, I think the only thing that would be confusing to a parent would be which which app do I use? Oh, and this is this is little Faye we have in the audience. Little so Faye. So if you hear little Faye just she's cooing. telling us what she thinks about yeah, the app. She's she's super cute. So we have we have a guest baby in the in the in the in the audience. In the audience. <laughs> in the studio. We're we're just so famous we have an audience now. Um, I know, right? I would just probably be confused about which chart to look to, at. To look at. So we have the WHO, we have the CDC. They also have a preterm chart, which is helpful if you had a, a preemie. Um, 
then they have a WHO zero to two years, CDC zero to three. So I think um, just as a parent who perhaps wasn't familiar with all of that, all of that, if they hadn't listened to today's episode to, it, yeah. to have a better idea, then I wouldn't know <laughs> where to plot it. Okay, so Dr. Murphy, let's talk to you about this. So why all the charts? And maybe actually, are we going to talk about that later in the the show? What's what's a brief, you know, I mean, idea or, or you know, brief explanation, I guess, of. Uh, well, so every, like you said, uh, we tell parents not to compare kids so closely that, that are all different, but everybody compares. And we have to have uh, what we call within normal limits. Okay. If your growth is within the extremes of uh, normal limits, uh, two and a half the standard deviations above and below the mean, if anybody and those who know what that means, uh, then we're, we're, we're happy. And if your growth is plotting consistently, uh, there's no need to get concerned. Right. But if we have some measure that says you're deviating for what's normal or you're, you've gone outside what we call normal limits, then we need to look closely to find out, is that mm -hmm. still okay? Or is there something really wrong here that we need to correct? And we, forget, we have to find it before Do you have a preference between, who, between uh, who, the WHO chart and the CDC chart? Well, the uh, WHO charts came into being because of the exclusive breastfeeding uh, baby was being um, mistreated, if you will, mm. uh, in the medical profession because they were being compared to the formula-fed babies. And so uh, my eyeball, somewhere along my uh, career, failed to now detect babies who were getting fat <laughs> because every baby was fat. Right. And so they started to look normal. Yeah. So we had to put them on the charts to find out where they were. And then when BMIs came along for the, the older individuals uh, you know, to find out exactly how uh, much X uh, extra fat tissue you have right. and uh, will this impact your health uh, then we were able to counsel parents more effectively as to what we need to do uh, if you're not in the normal range everybody wants to know well, why what's going on what's causing that problem uh, the breastfed baby in the first six months is uh, pretty chubby usually mm -hmm. some are even humpty dumpties by six months <laughs> you know? uh, but uh, in the second six months then they thin out they yeah. grow into their height and their head size which has been maintained normal all along so as they grow into that normal uh, uh, size that they're supposed to be for being breastfed when you compare it to their relatively fat uh, formula-fed babies, they look like they're not thriving. Right. And so, unfortunately, the physicians would say, uh, you need to supplement your baby. We need to give extra food. So we need to get fair. this baby. Yeah. yeah. And if you lived in an Italian Catholic neighborhood like I did, every mother <laughs> would rush out and say, your mama not feeding you. Come here to my house. I'm not feeding you. You know? Oh, gosh. Okay, so, you know, if you want to play around with this app, you know, um, maybe not to, you know, really compare your kids and be like, why aren't you as big as your brother? But just for kind of fun, um, check it out. I'll put it up on the website. Again, it's free. Or if you want to get rid of those pesky ads, $2.99. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. Today on Newbies, we're discussing infant growth charts. Our expert, Dr. James Murphy, is a fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics, a fellow of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, 
president of the San Diego County Breastfeeding Coalition, served one year on the governing council of the International Affiliation of Tongue-Tie Professionals, is a member of the International Lactation Consultants Association, and an internationally board-certified lactation consultant. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Murphy, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Dr. Murphy, what exactly is the infant growth chart, and how did it become a part of a well baby exam? The infant growth chart is a way for the physician to measure uh, is growth for this infant for the height, the weight, and the head size all falling within what we call normal limits. And so we try to track them on the growth chart to make sure that uh, the rate of growth is normal because the rate of growth is what the chart shows. Uh, when you look at the curve, it initially goes up very rapidly and then keeps going slower and slower and slower. And that indicates that's the rate of growth of the baby. So if the rate of growth is normal over a short period of time, we can project that that's going to be normal over the long haul. Uh, and that's for each of those items allows us to assess where are we for the growth for that uh, head size or length or weight. And so it's just a tool that we use that really helps us to know when we need to step in and start looking for something that's not right and uh, and see if this baby is truly normal or has some, some problem. So how are these percentiles calculated? Uh, this is a population assessment. You have a huge number of individuals that must be measured. And so in that given population, we know what a standard bell curve distribution is. When you're outside the uh, uh, top 3%, lower 3%, uh, you may still be normal because you're in that population and some in, the, in that group are normal. But this is where uh, most of the problems arise with growth, uh, excess growth or insufficient growth. And so when, when you start to uh, move outside what we're comfortable with as normal limits, then we need to look closer uh, at that particular problem and see uh, what we need to do. So percentile just tells you relative to everybody else in your population, where do you fit relative to height, weight, and head size. And how often are these average weights, heights, head circumferences updated to accommodate the change in each generation? Uh, this is a uh, judgment call. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta is the government organization that's charged with following uh, these growth charts. They're the ones who monitor um, how we're doing with these growth charts. So that's, uh, we originally had growth charts that were based on individuals who are much larger than the average individual. So the growth, uh, the bell curve was shifted uh, uh, away from the mean for that population. So they redid the growth charts by doing population studies in the United States, including everybody, and reissued those growth charts. And so those became the CDC growth charts. Uh, then the World Health Organization uh, said, yes, but this is mostly formula-fed babies. And so we know that the formula-fed babies tend to be more heavyset and have more issues. So where are, is the, where's the growth chart for the exclusively breastfed baby? Okay. Um, let's uh, ask our panelists a little bit. Um, let's start with Christine. As a brand new mom, what was your knowledge about infant growth charts? Um, I knew nothing about them. <laughs> I knew that at doctor's appointments, when I brought my son in for his well baby visits, they would tell me his percentile um, for where he was on the chart. Um, and that was about it. And, you know, I have that marked in his baby book that he was, you know, 50% for weight, 80% for height. 
And that was about it. And then all of the moms that I knew, we would compare percentiles. Like that actually meant something between baby to baby. So that's all I knew as a brand new mom. And what about you, Brittany? What did you know? Uh, I really didn't know much about them. I knew that they existed. But other than that, and my, you know what, my pediatrician uh, didn't even bring it up at her appointments. And then I finally asked him and he said, well, you know, we we kind of shy away from telling our parents that because, you know, things can change. And then when parents see that there's a change, then they start worrying that their child's not growing the right way. So he didn't even really bring it up until I asked. Yeah, and I, I honestly didn't know much either as a new mom. And, and I have three children. So the difference between my three children is just quite astonishing between my older two who are always in the 90th, 99th percentile, and I have my little guy who's always, like, in the 10th. Yeah, well, most of the time, the pediatrician will just tell you that growth is normal, and that pre- pretty much ends the conversation because uh, there's no concern uh, of, of the growth that has occurred, so we don't need to go further than that. And how would a mom know if her child is just genetically on the smaller or larger size versus having a medical problem that needs more investigation? Well, the first thing is that uh, things run in families. So the first thing, if the mom's concerned, she should consult the uh, grandmothers. The grandmothers uh, have the medical knowledge for the, for the family. And find out if uh, that's a trend uh, or a trait within that, that family group. Uh, most of the time when moms find something, they come to us and we say, well, that can be normal or you know, may not. Uh, we want to know what the family history is first. If we're not reassured by that, then we need to, uh, uh, we have extensive training in various syndromes, uh, genetics, uh, abnormalities. And so uh, if we're going beyond that, then we will refer to the to specialists uh, that we think can tell us the, the answer for the, the question that we have. How would a mother who is exclusively breastfeeding know if she should need to supplement or change how her child is feeding based on the results of the growth chart? Again, we try not to push too much on the growth chart. If it's within normal limits, we're, we're not concerned. Uh, and for the exclusively breastfed baby, we're looking at uh, the rate of growth and we're looking at uh, how is feeding going. Is, mom, is the baby feeding all the time or are we having regular uh, relatively short feeding intervals and loading up and then uh, uh, once you're tanked up you can go for a, a good period of time before you need to, to do uh, feed again uh, the amount of the volume of the stool usually relates to the calories that are going in so we were very interested in and uh, uh, we dr- how many stools how large are they so we estimate the volume of the poo uh, and then again if that's within normal limits we reassure and we're fine so most breastfed babies just need to breastfeed. They don't need to supplement anything. If we're going to supplement a breastfed baby, we have mommy pump and give the extra milk that she has to the baby. And if the baby refuses, the baby's usually smarter than we are and knows that, that I don't need those calories. You know, put them away for later. And we do have an entire episode all about baby poop. And Dr. Murphy's our expert for that one as well. So definitely tune into that one. How would a mother who is formula feeding know if her baby is receiving the proper nutrition based on this chart? We uh, try to educate moms that proper nutrition is really uh, related to the growth chart for the exclusively breastfed baby. And it's a touchy subject when you've chosen to formula feed your baby. So you must use the the regular charts uh, uh, or the the... From birth to two, you're using the exclusively breastfed uh, growth charts, and your baby then looks like they're getting fat 
because they are. And we want you to recognize that and uh, uh, not uh, accept the baby's uh, statement when he pulls away from the bottle, he's done. And you look at, well, there's still an ounce and a half in here. Don't give it. You know, follow the baby. It's like the, the breastfed babies do is when they're when they're done, they're done, and you can't force any more into them. And so, with a, unfortunately, with a bottle, you can. So we want mommies to to just look at the charts to see how their babies are doing relative to our gold standard, which is the exclusive breastfed baby, and try to adjust to. Uh, a, we get as close to that as you possibly can. Thank you. Well, when we come back, we'll continue our discussion about infant growth charts by learning more about the term failure to thrive. We'll be right back. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the show. We are talking with Dr. James Murphy all about infant growth charts. Dr. Murphy, what does failure to thrive mean? Failure to thrive was originally intended to mean that when a baby is getting all the nutrition that they need, they're still not meeting the normal rate of growth uh, for the height, weight, head size. Uh, they fall outside the, the 3% uh, line uh, and need an investigation. But as we've, uh, we live in the real world, uh, sometimes uh, it's income determines how much food is available and the baby may be failure to thrive because he's just not getting enough uh, to eat. Mother may be diluting the formula to try to make it go further uh, and just not getting enough calories. So economic conditions can lead to a false failure to thrive just from uh, not enough nutrition. Uh, this can be solved, of course, with our social uh, services. The uh, baby who is just being neglected uh, has two problems. They may not be getting enough calories to grow, and uh, we need to be loved and held and carried uh, in order to have optimal outcome emotionally. And some babies that are, are being left uh, to cry for long periods of time and not being uh, uh, their needs are not being addressed uh, also can have growth issues and can look like failure to thrive. Um, as I uh, traveled around the world with, with the Navy and got to see other cultures, I saw that uh, babies, uh, in, um, especially in the, the Asian cultures, are carried constantly. Somebody always has the baby. And uh, in the United States, this concept had to be reintroduced after the, our scientifically uh, calculated uh, way to feed your baby caused uh, issues with uh, nutrition and growth. Uh, and we now call it attachment parenting, which is really the natural way to raise your baby. 
And so picking that baby up and holding them and loving them, not letting them cry, et cetera, meets their emotional needs and takes that factor out of play. So uh, then when we deal with uh, caloric need and emotional need, then we're left with medical problems. And so there are genetic syndromes that will cause growth to be abnormal. Uh, there were, uh, so we need to identify the, the common syndromes, but the pediatricians be able to identify them in the office. And then the less than common ones, which are now uh, the, the book on genetic syndromes is growing by leaps and bounds. So that we need to refer them to a geneticist if that's what we're expecting. But a simple blood test, uh, uh, the most common factor that we find that's uh, medically related is problems with the thyroid. And so we have... Uh, uh, we screen for that at birth, but the, there can be a, a secondary problem with the thyroid later on that can lead to growth. So we uh, have a panel of uh, tests that we do for all the babies that are uh, failure to thrive. We admit them to the hospital usually. Uh, we uh, feed them well so that we know that people who are good at feeding babies uh, uh, are taking care of this infant, and if they can't get this infant to take the calories or get the calories in, then this is a failure to thrive. Uh, the parents uh, and, and are not, uh, it's not that the parents aren't doing something that they should have been doing, it's uh, a medical uh, issue at this point. And the experts, uh, we have the panel of things that we go through, find out where the problem is, and then the appropriate expert takes over to, to review that. This is usually done uh, initially by the uh, nutrition gastroenterology division and then as we find out what's going on we go go further when would a provider suggest a failure to thrive diagnosis in an infant it's the rate of growth falls off suddenly and usually the uh, the, uh, the head size is the last thing to stop uh, to fall off the curve the height next and uh, the first thing that goes is the weight so as this the weight is falling and we can see that it's falling, we look for a reason why it is. Um, if we can't find that and the baby is consistently fa uh, uh, falling off the growth chart for weight uh, despite everything that we're doing, then we can, once they pass that 3% mark, then they're labeled as failure to thrive and the standard protocol has begun and we try to figure out, well, what is going on with this infant? This, is, this infant is lying outside the normal range. What would some of the recommendations for treatment in a child who has been diagnosed? The emotional factor that I mentioned, uh, carrying the baby, meeting the baby's needs, not letting the baby cry, uh, doing the uh, a calorie count per day to make sure that the calories per kilo per day uh, are at least at what normal babies need. And we increase that if they can in order to see if it's really uh, calorically driven. Um, and then it's just a matter of uh, the, the tests that are on the battery for the failure to, to thrive infant. What's suspicious, what's normal, uh, and then the treatment is tailored based to what we find. And uh, we'll open it up to our panelists. Christine, I know you had some experience with this. Would you mind sharing us? Uh sharing with us a little bit of your story? Yeah. So um, my oldest son, who's seven now, um, at his 12-month appointment, the pediatrician that we were seeing, um, which was I've never seen before either, this was um, at a hospital where we didn't see the same pediatrician necessarily every single time, um, she basically walked into the room and looked at his growth chart and said he has failure to thrive, you need to stop breastfeeding, you need to put him on this prescription formula that, by the way, your insurance will not cover, and that was that. And so... I was a little upset going like, well, what is failure to thrive? Like, I don't even know what it is. 
And I go home to research it and it's talking about neglect and it's talking about, you know, children who literally are not thriving at life. And I was mortified because here I am, I am holding my baby. I am answering his cries. You know, I am feeding him, um, doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. And my baby's has failure to thrive. Like what on earth is going on? And she was being kind of defensive towards me to where she wasn't treating me very respectfully. So I truly do believe that she didn't think I was taking care of my child. So um, I searched for a new pediatrician. Um, and when I went to him, my son, you know, by that point, probably 13 months old, was climbing around the room, walking around, looking inside of the drawers, and just exploring the room. And he goes, I'll tell you right now, your son does not have fear to thrive. Because if he did, he would not want to be exploring like this. He wouldn't be interested. He wouldn't be going to mom and sitting on your lap and doing this, that, and the other. Um, he simply is small. He's, he's a skinny kid. Um, and it wasn't a sudden drop off either. He was consistently about 20 percentile for weight on the growth chart, um, I think, by like three months. And it did drop off in the last, you know, six to 12 months between that six months um, to where he was on the lower 3%. And still at seven, he's at 3%. So in my situation, it was just, I have a small child. And I did, as Dr. Murphy said, I consulted the grandmothers. <laughs> I went to my mother-in-law and she said, oh my gosh, everyone thought I was starving your husband. And he's just small. Um, so, you know, so I did have that in the back of my mind going, well, this is how my husband was. Me and my brother were both very, very skinny children. You know, maybe it is just genetic. And so, um, once I went to that new pediatrician, he said, come back in one month and we want to make sure he is growing and that I see he's growing. And after that, I'm not going to speak to you about his weight again. So we went back in a month. He was growing and he said, okay, you've got a small kid and everything's fine. So yeah, I, I personally also have experience with that diagnosis um, with my youngest child. He's now two and a half. Um, but at his nine month well baby check, we saw that his weight just dropped off suddenly he was still being breastfed and then at that point he was also taking in solids um but he really truly didn't grow uh, weight wise from the previous appointment and then his 12 month appointment same problem 15 month appointment same problem um and you know by the time we've got all these specialists involved in his care um, we realized that he actually did have a genetic syndrome that was preventing him from growing. But the first thing they did was say, well, you guys must not be feeding him enough. We sent us to a nutritionist and said, oh, just put butter on everything and that'll get his weight up. No way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just put butter and cheese on everything. That was, See, that's that's what I do. I'm like, to, oh, that yeah, solves everything that's for the me. <laughs> best thing for my son is butter. <laughs> <laughs> Did yeah. you ask to see her diploma? Yeah. His, my son's favorite food at the time was cucumbers, and they were like, smother it with ranch dressing. And I yeah, was like, are you ranch. kidding Yeah, we got right ranch now? too. Yeah. Give him pancakes and like chicken nuggets, yeah. all of this high fatty, unhealthy food. And yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I am leaving this room right now and not listening to you. Yeah. They give terrible advice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Christine. And Dr. Murphy, what can you recommend to moms who may be struggling to know if they are receiving the right diagnosis and correct feeding recommendations for their children? Well, we've already heard one solution, find a second opinion. Yes. Okay. And, and that's perfectly normal. There, you know, any physician who objects to you getting a second opinion is not confident in their own opinion. So, uh, you know, 
we should not in any way, shape, or form feel that we're being uh, mistreated in any way by asking for a second opinion. That is always an, an appropriate alternative for any significant problem. Um, and as we heard with uh, uh, Miss Mom, uh, as you're, I said, the rate of growth is the issue, and you have to look at rate of growth. So even uh, when we're in training, our residents uh, would would feel that somebody was failure to thrive, and they were breastfed. They'd send them to me, and when I plotted them out, we found that the rate of growth dropped until it got below three percent. Then it suddenly turned and followed the growth curve from then on, indicating that this individual was going to be a very low weight and therefore much healthier individual in the future than those who are up at the high end of the curve on on the weight. They they just have a better medical future. Um, so. They need to, uh, first thing I would do is get a second opinion uh, and find out more, research more about what the, the pediatrician told you is, is wrong and see if that really fits. And this is also after you've already done your family research because that's so important to know what's going on with your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dr. Murphy, and our lovely panelists for chatting with us today about infant growth charts. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Dr. Murphy will explain about newborn screening for metabolic disorders. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Here's a question from one of our listeners. This comes from Shelby, and Shelby writes, I need some advice with infant reflux. Our little guy is three weeks old, and he's really struggling with this. He kicks, screams, and arches his back during feedings. He cries, and he looks like he's in pain when he burps. I've cut dairy, and he's also on medication. We're considering a visit to the chiropractor if this medicine doesn't start working. Any tips, advice, or words of encouragement are very much appreciated. This is Dr. Tyson Perez. I am a pediatric and family chiropractor at Elevation Family Chiropractic in Carlsbad, California. Hey, Shelby, I wanted to answer your question regarding acid reflux and colic. Um, it can be a really difficult thing for parents to deal with, and you mentioned that you had tried some of the medication and that you were considering going to see a chiropractor. I think that's a great idea. The chiropractor, what they will do is look at the neurological function of the child to see if it's working properly, because what can happen if there's a problem between the communication between the brain and the body, then you can see symptoms such as acid reflux, sometimes other things like gas and constipation and other things associated with digestion. So the first and foremost, the chiropractor needs to do a nerve scan to see what's going on internally to see if chiropractic would be a benefit. And then if it would, the chiropractor would use gentle pediatric adjustments that are very, very different from what a standard chiropractic adjustment would be. So you can always talk to the chiropractor about that. I recommend seeing a pediatric chiropractor, and there's a couple ways to go about that. You can either contact me here at Elevation Family Chiropractic, and I can point you in the right direction, or the ICPA website also has a list of their chiropractors. You can go to icpa4kids.com 
org, and you, you can type in your zip code, and they'll find a chiropractor in your area that deals with pediatrics. Again, that's ICPA, the number four, kids.org. Anyway, Shelby, I hope this helped. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting moms, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, the boob group for moms who breastfeed, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.